Hello? 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 Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> I do apologize. I was getting my son ready for school and everything. <laughs> no worries at all. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Okay, so I'm going to get started. I'll introduce everything and then bring you in. Okay. Okay. Hello, everyone that may be listening or listening to the previous recorded show. This is Living in the Loopy Life by Chile, and today we are having a conversation about lupus awareness, and I have my special guest here with me, Lauren. Um, her at on Instagram is live to overcome. Is that right, Lauren? Uh, live to overcome it, so live to overcome it. Okay. <laughs> and she's here with me to talk about um, lupus, to spread awareness, to uh, talk about some of her journey um, of going with, going through lupus and everything that it has, you know, um, done to her body and what she's done to help her go through it. So, um, none other than Lauren, can you please introduce yourself? <laughs> well, hi, everyone. I'm, uh, like Chili said, I'm Lauren. Um, um, I'm really happy to be here. I'm, as she also said, I, well, I have lupus, which I was recently diagnosed. So I'm a recent diagnosed. I was just Actually, it'll be a year in July that I was actually diagnosed with lupus. So I'm quite recent when it comes to Okay. Lupus. All right. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Introducing myself. Let's see. <laughs> I um, know. What does that look like? <laughs> yeah. Well, I can say I'm in California. Like, I'm on, I'm on um, in California. I'm uh, just a little bit about myself for quickly is I'm in California. I'm, I'm 26 and I'm a preschool teacher. So that's kind of like gives you an idea of my kind of life in general. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Awesome. So you're in California, you're a preschool teacher. So being a preschool teacher, oh my goodness, that takes so much energy out of you. <laughs> to say yes. the least. I mean, because little people, they they take a lot <laughs> to, they require a lot of, you know, time, energy, you know, they have so much energy themselves. So that in itself is a lot to handle. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, you are recently diagnosed. So um, about a year, maybe a little bit more of being diagnosed with lupus. Now, have you um, always had symptoms of it? Like what uh, made you go to the doctors and get checked and all of that? So, um, Basically, I got, well, turns out now I know that I actually had symptoms pretty much my whole life. I just didn't know they were symptoms. Mm. Um, 
and just to backtrack that way, I just had different symptoms growing up. I, um, I have a skin condition called calcis pollicis, mm-hmm. and so I would have different reactions or different things on my body that we just assumed was related to that, um, mm-hmm. and other different things. So we never, nothing ever really connected till last year when. Um, I started noticing more consistently that like my knees were sore, my ankles were sore and they were swollen. Mm. But then I just associated because I started working out really hardcore because COVID, I had nothing else to do. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just associated that with um, just working out and my body just not used to it. And then okay. I went, to in person again for preschool and I was using my hands a lot more and I started noticing that I was getting really bad pain in my thumbs mm. and okay. I, I was thinking maybe it was you know from overworking my hands but then it mm-hmm. didn't stop and it kept getting worse and next thing you know my knuckles and both hands were like swollen like little sausages Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And um, it, it one week turned into to two weeks and then to three weeks. And I was finally like, all right, this is not just me being sore or something else. No, um, this is something else going on. Yeah. Because they were all, it was painful to do things. I couldn't grip things. I couldn't open things. And as a person, but also as a teacher, I kind of need my hands. <laughs> Um, yeah (laughs) so I ended up going to the doctor and like I said I had other small symptoms here and there but I never associated them with lupus until Mm -hmm. I got diagnosed um and we went through tests and then we needed to um cut out the or the possibility of having arthritis because I have uh, history in both sides x-rays and tests about arthritis and different things and I was thankfully had uh have a great primary care doctor who kind of was I feel quick about it because she immediately made connections and just ran the tests and saw the Mm -hmm. signs more quickly and then okay. that started the process with the uh, uh, rheumatology. Rheumatol- I can never say rheumatology. Rheumatology. <laughs> yeah, rheumatologist. Thank you. You're welcome. So, and then that just started that process of going to them and them running their own tests and mm-hmm. them making their own diagnosis from for that from that field. Okay. Okay. And you know what, that's so good that you kind of say that because um, I think I lost you. I think I lost you there for a second. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. My my mic kind of went out. I apologize. So it's good that you say, um, you know, you speak about your primary care doctor because, you know, so many people go through issues of, you know, their primary care doctor not listening to them. Um, 
and, you know, not, you know, doing the proper workup to make sure, you know, to rule out things. So it's kind of like she, it's not kind of, she did listen to you. She, she heard you out and in her mind, she just didn't shut you down. She kind of, you know, in her mind thought of all the possibilities and then said, probably said, you know what, I think I know what you have, but let's run tests to be sure. So it's always good to have those primary care doctors or just doctors in general that are willing to listen and hear you out and not to just to shut you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's really awesome. Um, so like after that, you said you went to, you got rheumatology and what did they, what have they been doing since then? Um, have you been on any certain treatments, uh, certain medications? Because it seems like more of your, more of your symptoms were w- dealing with your skin and with a lot of your joint issues. Yeah. Um, so once that, so basically once those symptoms happened, they actually continued to get worse mm. um, from that. So once I was diagnosed, I guess, because like they say, once things are triggered, it can open yeah. things up more. Mm-hmm. And so I actually ended up getting worse. So I experienced um, a lot more fatigue and tiredness and swelling pretty much all over and like just my body was I was always tired like I was taking naps and I don't normally take naps mm, okay. so, and um, as time went on like I was dealing with the butterfly rash mm-hmm. turns out I've been dealing with that my whole life but wow. associated that with my keratosis florist because okay yeah. Um, so I was dealing with a lot of that and at the time I was um, I had gone home for a little mm-hmm. bit to take some time during to get help so I wasn't completely by myself and so okay. when I came back was when I started more like accepting okay like I need to now figure out my next step mm-hmm happening and there's nothing I can do about it yeah so she my doctor she went over talking about what medication she wanted to put me on um, Mm -hmm. what what to do not to do but if I'm being very honest I didn't get a lot of information from my doctor my Um, it seemed very like surface level of about lupus and mm-hmm. very I got more information um from my parents and my sister who my my sister is a nursing student right now so I got more information detailed information from her than I did from my rheumatologist if I'm being honest wow um, which was very shocking and frustrating at the same time but I'm mm-hmm. thankful that I have family that did the research and um, helped me understand all the big words. 
<laughs> yes, there, there are some major big words in, <laughs> in Lupin. Yes. There are. And um, so they, so I went with starting like uh, staying away from things that caused inflammation and just trying to eat healthier, mm-hmm. limit my time in the sun or work. Do do did do some exercise to also rest when I needed to, and mm-hmm. uh, like I said at that time, which was July last year up until October, it was it was probably the worst that I felt symptom wise, mm. and so it was a lot of just figuring out um, and trying to balance everything, and then um, I got wreck or my mom got recommended to naturopath naturopath. so a naturopathic doctor Mm -hmm. because i already use different oils and try to go more natural than medication as i can um i'm kind of it just depends on what i'm dealing with Um, Mm -hmm. so we went that route and so i started a conversation with a naturopathic doctor and I actually got a lot of information from this doctor more than I did the other doctor so Mm. um, he pulled out like medical journals and broke down the whole process of what actually lupus is or what can how not how you can track it but ways it can come and how the inside your body works and it has to do with that so I received a lot of information from him. Okay. After thinking about it, I decided to start treatment with him along with the medication I was currently using from my rheumatologist, rheumatologist, my Western doctor. Okay. Um, and his way of treatment is going on a very strict diet. Mm-hmm. And using um natural supplements as well so like vitamins basically okay um, and the diet that i follow is called candida diet so okay i kind of heard a little bit about that yeah it's basically an idea that you're trying to like starve the fungus or the bad stuff in your system mm-hmm. to like get rid of it basically that's the whole idea okay <laughs> And so okay. I've been doing that alongside with the rheumatologist since mm-hmm. November. Okay. And so do you still have the same rheumatologist or do you now have a different rheumatologist? So I have the same one right now, but because I'm there's some decisions that I'm trying to decide on that the, my rheumatologist doesn't necessarily agree on. Mm-hmm. My naturopathic doctor is, so it's like balancing that. So I'm looking at getting second opinions from a pathologist and maybe I'll find one that I like more. Okay. Yeah. You know, because sometimes, you know, you kind of have to, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? You know, you, you have to do what's best for you. Sometimes, you know, the doctors always think, you know, they're doing what's best for you. And then, you know, sometimes it's not. And it's like, if you're not for me, then that means 
you're kind of against me. It's like, if you're not on my side, if you're not, you know, kind of giving me the ins and the outs and, you know, making sure that I'm staying up to date, then it's like, no, I don't need you. Let me look for someone else. And I, I commend you on, you know, going for the second opinion and looking for another doctor because so many people think, oh, I just have to stay with this doctor because they know what's best. And it's like, no, you know what's best for your body. You Sometimes you are your own medical expert because you know what's best for your body. You know, they may have the, the degree, but you know, you're the person who know, knows what's best for your body and you know what your plan for your life, you know how you want that to be planned out. So you got to, you got to get yourself in like this mindset of either, you know, they're with me or they're not. And I can fire you <laughs> and move on to somebody else. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely commend you on that, you know, looking for other, you know, other doctors, a second opinion, because like you said, it's, it's crazy how, you know, you got more information from your family members than the doctor. And that's not a good thing because the doctors are supposed to be very open and honest with you because this is something new that you've never dealt with. So why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you as a doctor be more honest and open with me as I'm going through this new journey that I haven't been, I haven't been in before or not even been in before I've been going through my entire life, but now I finally know what the issue is. So yeah, I, I completely, you know, agree with you making the decisions that are best for you. Um, it looks like we have some people who sent in questions, so um, I'm going to click on them. Okay, here we go. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Julie. Um, I have a question for Lauren. Did your arms and legs used to fall asleep, or how did you, like, what was your your symptoms? lupus okay um so like i said in the beginning my symptoms were very mild at first with just swelling in my knuckles and my joints um over time they progressed to different things so i have been experiencing my legs and body actually Sleep. I actually just talked to my doctor about this at my last appointment. Mm. I've been experiencing that more recently. Or I do get a lot of like, um, I call them tingling. So it feels like my skin is tingling. Yeah. My back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I have like, um, I don't know, it's, I call it like chicken skin. You know, when <laughs> you're, you get, you like when you get a cool breeze or something and your skin kind of rises. Uh-huh. I get that a lot, except it's there's no cool breeze. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, I also, like I said, I also experience um, butterfly rash, which is the rash where you're basically, if you're looking, it for me personally, it's where my face feels like it's burning up, but mm-hmm. it's not hot. 
Yeah. The best way to explain it is, you know, when you have that feeling after you have sunburn and you can feel the heat from your cheeks. Rising, yep. Yeah, the heat rising. And then you have, like, redness around, like, your cheekbone from, like, your nose around to your cheekbone. And it kind of just flares out. There's some days where I, I can feel the redness and the heat, but I don't see it. And there are some days where my face looks like a giant tomato. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like I said, fatigue is a huge one. And then the brain fog. I get that. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so bad. Brain fog is, like, the worst thing. And it, for me... <laughs> for me, I have lupus and fibromyalgia. So they say fibro fog and then I have lupus fog. So it's like I'm double fogged over here. <laughs> and it's like my mom's like, uh, didn't you remember to do this? Nope, I definitely didn't. Or I'll be in the talking about something and it's like it's gone and I completely forget what I'm saying, what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh man! I will so, the worst time that happens for me happens for me is when I'm with my preschool students <laughs> talking about something, and I just stop talking, and they just they're these little four and five year old eyes just looking at me like, okay, okay, what are you like? Uh, what, finish what you're gonna say. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That is, that is, oh man, bless your heart. <laughs> and you know, four and five year four four and five year olds, they don't have any filters. So <laughs> if you if you stop in the middle of something, it's like, okay, Miss Lauren, what were you saying? So they'll let you know. <laughs> oh yes, they will. I have oh, of them relating to my lupus that is quite funny and makes it that much more fun I guess you could say <laughs> there's no dull moment <laughs> no that's good you know sometimes you need that where you don't have any dull moments you can laugh you can laugh at the moments that you're going through at with having lupus so that's really good um Miss uh, Spanish Mommy Love had another question, which was related to butterfly rash. I'll play it, but we already pretty much talked about butterfly rash. Okay. Um, Lauren, you said a butterfly rash. What does that look like? So yeah, like Lauren said, the butterfly rash is literally, it's on your face um, and it, it consists of almost looking like a butterfly. So from the bridge of your nose to your cheek area, and that's literally redness. Sometimes people get bumps in it. You know, um, it's just like redness and heat, um, uh, just feeling like your skin is, in your face area is kind of burning. Although, you know, it's, it's, it is, but it isn't. And it's kind of like you have sunburn, but you don't have sunburn. So it, yeah, yeah that's what a butterfly rash is. And like you said, you have this skin disorder. Now, what is the name of that again? It's called keratosis pilaris. Keratosis pilaris. Yeah, basically the 
quick idea of it is my skin doesn't naturally exfoliate. Like my pores and my arms mm -hmm. get clogged. Mm. Basically, and that creates bumps. So I have bumps pretty much on the entirety of my body, predominantly on the outside of my arms and the top of my legs. Mm, okay. Um, and that creates sensitivity to a lot of things sometimes too already. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, basically it just means I have to exfoliate more and use creams and stuff. I found that out when I was probably in elementary school. Really? Wow. I learned about that. Yeah. And I've just had it my whole life. They say that you can get better from it by like, being consistent on exfoliating and doing different things and doing treatments. But mm -hmm. I've learned to live with it and manage it and mm -hmm. basically love it and accept all the bumps and stuff around my body that I, it hasn't been hurting me. So I don't feel the need to get rid of it basically. Okay. And you yeah. said sensitivity. So is that like sensitivity to touch, to clothes? I know because like with uh with lupus and fibromyalgia for me um i have super sensitive skin so sometimes um my clothes irritates my skin um my mom or my son or my sister if someone touches me it irritates my skin it feels like i literally got hit with something so like how is that so Growing up, it, the sensitivity was pretty bad, like makeup, lotions, different things like that would, I would react to. As I've gotten older, it's kind of changed. Um, I do still get where if someone like pats me on the back or pats my arm, it feels like tingling or like kind of a little bit painful. I'm like kind of, I don't know how to best describe it. I guess like needles poking me basically. Um, so I sometimes will get that, not all the time. Um, when I was in high school, I dealt with a lot having to do with my own sweat. Mm. Basically, because my pores were always clogged, um, I, I grew up in Hawaii, so there's a lot of humidity. And uh, okay. When I, there were some summers that were just too hot and my sweat would feel like it was burning my own skin, but it was basically like the salt in my pores being opened up basically. And wow. I would have sensitivity to my sweat because my pores weren't used to being opened. Mm -hmm. And so the only way to like cool that sensation would be like alcohol wipes or ice cold water because just the wow. cool because your sweat has salt in it. Salt, yeah. And it mm -hmm. can, like, steam. Mm, yeah. And I was dealing with that a lot. And that was around the time when I found out I was allergic to foods. So, like, gluten. And once I cut that out, I stopped experiencing that as much. Okay. So now it's not so much sensitivity. I mean, there are some sensitivities in the sense where I get really itchy. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes after I shower or if I don't put lotion on quick enough or the weather, um, not so much to clothes or products as I used to be. 
Okay. Okay. Wow. So that that is just, you know, you're just like so amazed at, you know, how much your body can go through and experience. And, you know, you could have had lupus ever since ever since you were in elementary school, but because nobody not necessarily listened, but nobody really thought beyond the fact of, you know, your skin issue. They just thought that was it and never really tested for anything else. And you could have, you know, been a little bit further along with, you know, trying to manage everything. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes people don't know. Sometimes people I can't say that they're always lazy. Sometimes, you know, there's a saying, you know, you have doctors and then you have doctors. (laughs) So (laughs) there's a possibility that it was just a doctor and not like a doctor doctor. (laughs) So, I mean, and that's nothing towards them. Maybe they just, you know, they weren't experienced. They just didn't think about it. You know, we can't always fault them for everything. But when you have somebody that's in a specialized area, it's kind of like, no, you need to know about all of this and make right. sure. But, you know, I'm. it's good that, you know, you know about it now and you know, you have your naturopathic doctor, you know, you're looking for second opinions with your uh, rheumatologist. So with all these things, you know, and you knowing how to manage all of your symptoms is a good thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's really awesome. And like you said, you have a gluten sensitivity. So that kind of, you know, Sometimes gluten, you know, food in itself, and because you already knew certain food allergies when you were longer, when you were younger, you know, that kind of limited, you know, certain foods that you could eat and, you know, that may possibly affect your body. So it's kind of like you kind of were ahead of the game and now you're, you know, you're a little bit more set in what to do and how to do. I I will agree on that. Like the food, definitely, I can see that as being a factor um, mm-hmm. because I did cut things out quite a while ago. And my mom growing up was always good about being more on the healthier side, anyways, and not mm-hmm. too much of this or too much of that. But of course, okay. growing up, it's a little bit harder when. Um, you're out and about and all my siblings we did sports so we were all over the place Um, yeah but as we got older it was more focusing on eating better and then once I found my family found out I had food allergies then they started helping and doing more that way but when I Mm -hmm. found out I had gluten allergies that was back in 2013 when there wasn't all the stuff that they have now um, there wasn't there was barely any products. There was very minimal. Most restaurants did not do gluten free. You know? True. And it, nowadays, it, if you're you have a gluten allergy or if you have celiac or anything, it's a lot easier to do. Mm-hmm. People don't look at you like you're crazy. True. 
<laughs> so, but the food factor being cutting out so much now in what I'm doing with food right now, um, I can I have felt a difference. And given I am on two different treatments, so it could be both. It could be one or the other. It's hard to tell when you're doing both medication and um, diet, but whether mm-hmm. it's one or the other or both. It is, I can definitely feel a difference in my body, and it definitely does help me. Um, it is hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. <laughs> it, it's definitely hard. Um, yeah. But it's all about, for me, balancing because, yeah, they say not to have certain foods, but if I'm, I'm a big advocate and speaker of if you are craving something and your body is craving it let your body have it because it's you're gonna feel way worse if you keep starving yourself from having that craving true Um, but then manage it like don't if you're craving something don't don't go crazy and have like if you're craving ice cream have like a small scoop of ice cream but don't don't eat the entire box of ice cream or tub of ice cream Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was about to say everything in moderation. Like literally, you know, it's it's all about how you balance everything out. Like you said, everything in moderation. Like you can't have too much of it. Like just have enough where it it helps with that craving. You kind of get rid of it, and then you know you move on, keep going down the right path that you were going on. So it's like you don't want to. Like you said, don't starve yourself from it. You know, kind of give in for the moment, but don't keep yeah. giving moment after moment after moment. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, yeah, everything in moderation and, you know, just do what's best for your body. And, you know, that's all we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some more uh, questions here, so I'm going to click on them now. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. I'm still listening. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm, we're so glad that we can, you know, answer your questions and help you out with any information. So thank you, Spanish Mommy Love. Good morning. Super com- uh, commerce. Sorry. Um, Loopy. Good morning. I'm just waking up. So I'm sorry if I pushed I put you, your names. Um, I'm enjoying the conversation immensely. And I'm wondering, um, I'm just trying to start, kind of start to try to find a tribe out here um, uh, regarding chronic illnesses and um, such as chronic, uh, chronic Lyme disease and whatnot. Just. Okay. Find your empathy. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. And yes, we have to, you know, spread awareness about chronic illnesses and all that good stuff. Um, She has a few more that she sent in, two more that she sent in. So I'll press on them, Lauren. Okay. Okay. Good morning to you both. I'm going to try that again. Um, Just just waking up here, enjoying the conversation. Um, I... And, yeah, wondering why there's not a lot of individuals out here 
starting this, you know, because I think chronic Lyme, I think chronic illness is rampant um, nowadays. Just wondering your your thoughts on that, and I'm trying to start a, you know, get just get a tribe together of people that, you know, are unfortunately shut in and and um, bed bound, and um, so trying to start a group people with chronic Lyme disease and just wondering how you think I should go about doing that and I think I'll make it a really quick part too. Um, Lauren, do you want to answer that? Yeah, sure. Um, well, the first part of her question, I would say is I, I, I totally understand when I first was diagnosed with lupus my first instinct was I went online and started seeing who else is experiencing it <laughs> seeing how I could find people that could make help me and I found a lot on Instagram in some ways um, more just like people who are lupus not ex exactly their day-to-day -day journeys full-on or they just gave little memes or quotes or different things so it took me a while to actually find find people that actually like talked about their experience and journey and not just mm -hmm. about little funny memes which the memes are great I love the memes I love the little funny words or gifts or whatnot because they make me laugh um, yeah but it took me a bit to find and then I went to YouTube and found there wasn't really a lot Mm -hmm. uh, for lupus or really some chronic illnesses um, there are for different illnesses not necessarily focused on autoimmune disease mm -hmm. um, specifically and that I, I, I have found as well like being hard to just find other people and it just yeah. took me a while but I was searching more specifically for people that kind of were more raw, but yeah. that was like my personal thing, um, mm -hmm. which goes into her second question of like how to connect and start meeting people and connect more with people yeah, or why people aren't doing that. And I think part of it, just this is my personal opinion, can be when you're going through something it can be a lot for yourself personally to deal with and you're trying to just figure out everything personally like for me I was very um I guess afraid to tell people mm -hmm. once I told people then I had this idea of that all they would see would be my lupus yeah they would always just ask, oh, are you okay? Should you be doing this? Do you need to sit down? Do you need to do this? Or, And because many people don't know about lupus, then I would get these questions that may irritate me, even though they're asking them out of love and support. Mm -hmm. um, so I think part of it is just the accepting part where some people it takes time to accept that your body's changing and that your body's fighting against you yeah and um, accepting that okay it's part of your body now and it's part of who you are and not just accepting that for yourself but accepting that like 
some people will accept it some people won't some people Mm -hmm. will understand it and some people won't and I think that's a big contributor on um, why may more why some people don't talk about it Mm -hmm. or some people do and then also some people just are very more closed off where so I have people in my family that are more questionable of why I post things on my lupus Instagram that are a little more personal than they think is necessary. And um, that's their opinion. And there may be some people that are dealing with chronic illness that want to just keep that stuff to themselves. Yeah. It, it's really <clears throat> understandable. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of like you have to, and think about all the scenarios of what people are going through. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you want to have people be very open and honest and, you know, show all the raw, but sometimes people are not, they're not comfortable with being so raw and showing the sick side of them. Because you know what? I thought about the same thing. And it's like, when I first got diagnosed and, you know, I was looking on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook for people, you know, that were open and honest and showed real life, you know, how you feel and how you look instead of all this, oh, yeah, I have lupus, but it looks like nothing is wrong. And it's like, you don't talk about anything, but that that depends on each person and that's that's totally up to them you know in the beginning I was like what why are these people acting like they don't have lupus like this is how I feel and I know how I feel and I'm not (laughs) I'm not all dressed up and all dolled up all the time but you are how how is that (laughs) so it's like everybody is different and how they want to show off what they're feeling and how they're feeling going through their sickness or illness. So like everybody's different. You can't down anybody for not showing, you know, the raw ugly side of having lupus. You got to just let it be. Now, if you want to do that, then you do that to show people, you know, how you feel and what you're going through. But everybody doesn't want to do that. They want to just give, you know, awareness and let people know. But, you know, they rather show that I'm all put together and I'm not so much of my sickness. Mm -hmm. So it's like it kind of you kind of have to you know, find the people that you want to see, you know, the raw, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. you kind of have to kind of go with the flow of what is being showed. And, and to another, another point to what she was asking is like how to, how to start, you know, a group or anything like that. You know, you, once you start being open and, you know, showing what you're going through, then more people are, are prone to gravitate towards you. And you'll see that there's so many more people out there than you even realize. 
And that's what kind of happened to me alongside of, you know, having lupus. Once, you know, I went out there and, you know, was looking for people, then it kind of was like, okay, you know, so many more people do have it than what you even realize. And I believe she has another another question in here or something, so I'll play that now. Okay, here's my really quick part too. So I was just wondering if I could get both your opinions on that because I'm running into a lot of people that want to tell their story, and, but they, they they don't have a voice, and uh, I think Sarah would be the perfect place here because you can make an avatar and you can tell you have your voice and you can put on a wardrobe and have a voice from your bed and speak to people and because western medicine has failed so many people and gaslit so many people and i think what you're doing is so 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 needed it's so essential out here so i appreciate i appreciate both of you and um, just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Thank, thank you. I, hope you have a good morning. I apologize for the noise in the background. That is my child. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> uh, you can answer that question while I handle myself for a moment. <laughs> no worries. Um, I think, I mean, I definitely think creating using a platform like stereo this is my first time you're using stereo and I I like it so far I didn't even know about it until Chili brought it up and I think using platforms like that or using social media in general because you don't have to physically get up you don't have to physically get out of bed um focusing on what she said on talking about people that just don't want to get out of bed or can't get out of bed um, using social media in that stance um, really helps. But I think a way to start that is by, like Chili said, to connect with people and look and just search first and finding and then commenting or reaching out to someone. It's, it's very scary to reach out to people, even mm -hmm. on social media. Um, but, and that was one thing I had to learn to like, Hey, it's okay to like reach out or make a comment on someone's post or send them a message. They may not respond. They may respond. You never know, but it's my thing is by reaching out or saying something to someone that doesn't, you doing that is not going to eventually or hurt you necessarily because mm -hmm. You may get a response and you may not. If you go into that, when you're reaching out with people, understanding it, understanding that, that you may get a response back and you may not, then you did it for yourself and your part. You know, you did your part by reaching out and doing what you felt you needed to do. And then now in the sense, the ball's in the other person's court, whether they want to respond or not. Yeah. The more you do that and make connections with people or do things like this where you find podcasts or find people that openly talk about stuff, the more you can learn and the more that can connect you with people. And that's how I've found other people 
here and there where I started following or listening to one person and they brought up some other person and then I go and search that person. Yep. And then it's like a chain reaction of finding different people. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's all about, you know, uh, navigating social media. You know, what was uh, 20 years ago? Uh, you know, you didn't have people so much talking about or, you know, being so open and honest as of today, where you have so many more people on social media that, you know, you can connect with and reach out to. And like Lauren said, you know, it's just, you know, kind of doing your part, you know, making that comment or sending them a message. At least you did, you know, what was kind of like on your heart to to do you know reach out to them you know then the next step is up to them whether or not they want to reach back out to you and sometimes you have some people that won't but then you have people that generally are like okay this is another person that's going through the same thing i am you know let's talk let's you know see what we have in common and you know that's the good thing about social media because you know, people are so willing to want to help each other and trying to make sure that, you know, um, kind of like relating to what's going on. So that's like the awesome thing about social media and, you know, what, what it has brought to the plate of, you know, people with, you know, chronic illnesses, autoimmune diseases, uh, you know, anything health wise, because, you know, we're all trying to help each other spread awareness and, you know, have some empathy and compassion and, you know, kind of feel like we're not alone with what we're going through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I, I hope, you know, we answered all her questions and, you know, was able to give, um, you some information about how to get out there, how to reach out. So I hope this information helped. Um, thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on the show. I appreciate you, you know, talking about your, uh, you know, your illness, uh, going through with lupus and, you know, everything that you went through. So thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. I mean, thank you for having me. I love making making these connections and talking about it because that's just something that I've learned is part of my journey with this is being that person to talk about it and to be more raw (laughs) (laughs) the more raw side or just to be openly talking about it so I love having this platform to be able to do that with you Yes. And I I love it too. Just, you know, being more open and raw, like you said, and just, you know, talking about, you know, not always talking about the oh so good, but, you know, letting people know about the bad and how, you know, you went through things and, you know, the good parts of doctors, the bad parts of doctors and, you know, just all all of that, because it's, it's more than just, you know, the surface things. It's kind of getting down deep into, you know, having people, people understand and, you know, having people not feel like they're alone as they go through this. So thank you so much for, you know, coming on the show again. And um, before you do go off, 
uh, I like to ask everyone um, three things that you're grateful for. Okay. Um, three things I'm grateful for would be, um, they may seem very generic or basic, but there are three things that I'm definitely grateful for more than ever in my life, and that would be my family. Um, they have been... They are, like I might have said, they live in Hawaii, So they, and other siblings live across the state, or across mm-hmm. the nation, basically, so they all <laughs> are nowhere near me, but they have shown and been so supportive and so helpful, and I am so thankful for their support and their continuous support, and, and their continuous putting up with me, <laughs> and everything <laughs> Um, um, the second thing I would say is my coworkers. I am grateful for my coworkers at my preschool. Um, they have known what's been going on since before I knew. So right when the symptoms started as well as my boss, who is also one of my best friends, um, Mm -hmm. they've just been there supporting me in any way, taking, um, switching hours with me if need to or letting me go home early if I need to that just I've been so thankful for their support that's awesome lastly I would say I am thankful for um, the my community from my church I am very much thankful for them because they have also been supporting and thankful I am thankful for I will say, um, just God in my life and Mm -hmm. how prominent he's been with in my life during this tough time and throughout my whole life in general, but I'm thankful for him, but not just God specifically, but the people that God has placed with in my life through the, the church that I go to, because if I didn't find this church, then I probably would still be kind of not going out, not hanging out with people, not, uh-huh. you know, I'd kind of just be dwelling in my own stuff. So I'm thankful for just the people in general in my life. And yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Thank God for, you know, the connections that, you know, he has allowed you to make, you know, the connection that we have made, um, just, you know, sharing our stories and, you know, thank God uh, that he, you know, always makes a way out of no way to show us that we're not alone in anything that we go through and, you know, that he's always there by our side. So like you said, you know, thank God for the connection of, you know, having the church and people to be there, you know, just to give you an outlet for, you know, you know, support people to talk to. So thank God for all of that. That is awesome. Um, I'm grateful for you being on a show. I thank God for, you know, meeting you and, you know, talking with you and, you know, just making connections and, you know, just, having someone to talk to and, you know, someone that can help me spread awareness and, you know, just letting everyone know that, you know, you are not alone. We're here. We will talk about it and, you know, whatever you're going through, somebody else is going through as well. So thank you, Lauren, for coming on to this show. Thank you everyone who has been listening. And um, I just hope everyone has a blessed and beautiful day.
Lauren. Oh, sorry. My <laughs> out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, you're welcome. You're welcome. And I'll talk with you um, offline, probably on Instagram. Sounds good. All right. You have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. All right.